Jess Aberhart. Rob Shields. There friend, friend, she friend. is. There you are. You know, 2022, it's been a crazy year, but we've been busy doing some stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like, I don't know how many weeks we're in, but we're yet still at the beginning of the year, roughly. We're in February and it's been busy. And it's been flying. And you've I been, say this you've been rolling. You've been rolling. I mean, you're a hard person to connect with. I, I, I feel like I used every form of communication to try to get in touch with, with my friend. I was starting to wonder, I was like, is, is she sick? You know, like could it be, what, no. what happened? I know you had a bunch of stuff on the work front going on. So I was like, that's probably what it is. I'm she sorry. would text me back and say, pray for me. I've, I've got COVID if you had COVID, right? I actually did have COVID in January. Oh, well, that was, um, was that one of, was that one of the reasons? Probably, probably. And then the summit, I had so many things happening. In fact, I was on a call yesterday, a, a work call. You can cut this if you want. This. <laughs> I'm on this Zoom. It was a meeting I hadn't planned to be on. So I, I just kind of popped into this meeting and there was somebody on the call that had been trying to reach me for weeks. And I looked at her and I was getting ready to say happy new year. And it dawned on me. Oh no. I was like, I've heard your voice on my voicemail. I have not called you back. And I was like, friend, I'm so sorry. And she laughed because I think they were waiting to see if I would remember. Yeah. And I, hit me like a ton of bricks. I was just, it's whatever. You got to show yourself, you got to show yourself some grace, right? I mean, we've all got, we've all got those voicemails that are just, they just, they're sometimes they're just hard to get back to. You just gotta, you gotta put one foot in front of the other sometimes, you know? Amen to that. Yep. That's what I need. An abundance of grace. That's what I told her. There we go. There we go. That's a good, that's a good theme. That's a good theme. Well, so hold on. Let me, before I ask you how you're doing, we need to set this up a little bit, right? Our listeners are already probably really thrown off because they haven't heard your voice introducing our personal intro time. Just, uh, yeah. And so they're thrown off. They're like, what is going on in the world? I go to the Just Podcast for a routine, right? I'm used to a certain order of things and we're just, we're mixing it up. And we got to tell our people why before. We're, we're, don't worry. The, the, the personal check-ins are coming. But this is a special time, all right? And yeah. it's a melancholy time because this marks the end of the Just Podcast, the finale, if you will, which is crazy to say after 60 episodes, 60 guests, 57, oh, 58 episodes. I'm not even really sure where we are in the finale. But this Lots project, this grand experiment is reaching its epic conclusion. This is the final lap that we're going to take. And so we're going to do something a little special. That's why we started out with just the music, because it's actually, we're not going to have any guests. It's just going to be you and me interviewing each other. We're going to put each other on the, in the interview spot and just be able to finish how we began, right? Which is you and me coming together with this idea, kind of walk through the journey of the Just Podcast, spend some time reminiscing, try not to cry, you know, and get choked up as we Think about this roller coaster, Jess. Can we just yeah. say, I think that's the word. It feels like no it's doubt. the most fitting. No doubt. The, what is it? The Magnum, the, I don't know, the Eagle's Nest, all the things. You know, I'm from Ohio, so we have all the great, like, you know, amusement parks. Yeah. What a, a it's, what a crazy ride that it's been mm-hmm. to choose the last two and a half, three years to have done a podcast, right? Who starts a podcast on justice in the year 2020, right? Like in J- January, uh, 2020, that was, it was a, but it ended up being- We had no idea. We had no idea. No, and then, you no know, idea. the universe, divine intervention, I think all of that played a role, which is awesome. It's great. But we, I, you know, if, you, if we were to look back and say, would you do that again? In the middle of all the things, we did a quick mild, milestone check before we went and started recording this episode. And we went through a lot. Should we run it down really quick? Just- I think we should. Let's do it. As we frame this up, I mean, let's talk about how we felt. I mean, tell me, tell our listeners how you felt. Just 
scrolling through because one of the one of the things we're going to talk about today is like who are those guests that really stood out to us right like as we reminisce because there have been so many amazing people that we've had the privilege of just sitting with people that been all across the world literally all across the world that we've got to sit with virtually in this little space that we've created this little living room conversation that we've been able to set up kitchen table is what it's felt like sometimes what walk us through what, what have been the feelings that you felt when you were scrolling through that list yeah well i you know i was like oh we're you know when we decided we were gonna end season three and that be our last our last season it felt right and felt super it made perfect sense it felt like a season was coming to a close we're starting new projects it was perfect and in preparation for today going through the podcasts i got sad I'm really sad because I, there are so many people that we got the opportunity to, to talk to and hear their voices and their perspectives. I like had flashbacks of writing the notes and like asking the questions and, you know, just the process of being on this journey with you also just, you know, it's been remarkable, frankly. And so I wrote down as I was going through them, I wrote down like some of your personal check-in highlights that were super funny to me. <laughs> I, I really, oh, need, I think I just really needed it for closure. Like the, just the idea of like really sitting with all the content that we've put down, you know, for posterity, I guess. But what struck me, yeah, like lightning bolt struck me was the just in 12 months. And I think really, I think Rob, 10 months, within 10 months, we were in a Trump presidency, mm-hmm. very starkly different than the Biden presidency. We were in a Trump presidency we shut down. The world shut down for COVID. Yep. The world stopped. Three George months. Three months started. into recording, really. Like, yeah. Yeah. So Trump presidency. So that was already wacky. Yep. Then it was COVID. So now we're recording from home and you're now homeschooling your kids. Yep. And George Floyd was murdered. And so we were trying kind to of walk through that. Oh, and there's a presidential election emerging. On the back end. Yep. On the back end. So we have a presidential election. And then we have the presidential election and we go into an insurrection yeah. on January 6th. So within That was a year. A year. That was, yeah, that was within a 10-month yeah. span. You're right. All that yeah. compounded. It's fascinating. And we processed it together as friends, but also with our listeners and also with our guests. And so like the sort of meta, the meta levels of this were really interesting. And frankly, just, I mean, I feel like it's a great blessing because- yeah. We got to do that together during that time. And it's a unique moment in time. It'll never yeah. happen again. We were, now it's forever and always on a podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'm proud of, I'm proud of the, the work that we put in to do this. And I say work, mostly I'm thinking of you when I say the word work, because I, I know that you make this look easy. And our listeners are like, oh, this is, it just feels so easy. We know that many, there were many days that weren't easy when it comes to yeah. showing up putting a microphone in front of you and the vulnerability that it takes to be able to process such raw things happening in our culture, because this was not a, let me say this way, this was a deeply relational podcast. From the very beginning, you and I, when we were whiteboarding things, we said, you know what, we want this to feel like it could happen in someone's living room. And we want it to be inviting. So people could feel like they were, it was a safe space that we could create so that people could process, right? That was That's the word, right? Process, help you process. That, that's what people got memorized, right? If you've been with us for three years, right? Is you saying that. And that was our goal. And But in order to do that, Jess, I'm just so humbled by your willingness to lean in as a woman of color in the last two and a half years. Like that 
it came at a different cost. And that, and I know that we've talked about that before and our listeners are aware of that, but like there's just different costs that people pay to show up consistently for these kind of conversations. And I remember there were times where you and I, we just, we would have offline conversations of like, should, should we keep, should we do this? Like, do we, are you ready for this? Time and time again, I feel like you weren't disregarding yourself like in an unhealthy way, but I could tell you were others focused of like, what can I, how can I help other people along in their journey? But really at a cost to yourself, because it would have been easier, honestly, for you to just log off, right? And stay logged off and not process or process with people in the safety of your own home, right? And not do that on a podcast where it takes more, it takes courage to do that. And it takes bravery to be able to let your guard down. And even though you're asking questions, you're also processing for yourself. You've been a model for me of courage through this entire thing and bravery of at, at a level that it, it didn't, it, it wasn't asked of me because our culture doesn't ask that of me, right? To just show up and just be yourself and what that takes for you. That, that's been probably one of the things that stick out to me. Like, we'll, we'll talk about all the guests that were an inspiration, but honestly, Jess, I think you were number one on my list as far as who's inspired mm -hmm. me the most of this opportunity to lean in with a friend and go on this journey together that you would allow me in every time, right? I know you let guests in every time, but you let me in every time. And that that, that would be a gift that you gave to me for the last couple of years has been a gift that have ripple effects through throughout my life, right? The lessons mm -hmm. that you've taught me. So I, first and foremost, I want to start this off. We'll get to thank yous of other people later, but I don't want to miss, I, I want to spend a lot of time right? thanking you, my friend, because you, this has changed me for the better. And it's because you said yes. We'll tell the origin story of the full <laughs> encounter of that first conversation. But I just want to say thanks for saying yes, friend. Yeah, that's so sweet, really. And too kind, frankly, but thank you for that. Honestly, thank you for that. And, it, and there were times that were really hard, but I think the reason why I continued to say yes is I knew I could with you. I mean, that's just, that's true. You are, and I think I said this in the one of the first couple podcasts, I have a handful of white men that I trust and respect and lean on for their wisdom and know that they have a great amount of care. I have lots of white male friends, but when we're talking about these issues, it's one of those sort of handle with care, right? <laughs> handle with care. And you are one of those people that handle with care, very thoughtful. You you are concerned about me and our guests and what we've been going through. And you're, you have a, a great mirror. You walk around with a, an incredible mirror as you have these conversations. And so it gives me, has always given me the confidence and been able to straighten my back in these conversations and say, okay, let's push forward because we can do it together. Mm -hmm. Right. And who knew we were going to go through 2020, but if we're going to go through 2020 and do a podcast on issues like this, I'm really glad. I can't imagine doing that and having those conversations with anyone else but you. So mm -hmm. as much as you say, I've inspired you, you've really inspired me. It, it restores my faith and confidence in the idea of these fusion friendships, mm. right? And that yeah, how yeah, that's been the theme, right? Yeah, yeah. And we, I guess they that's really kind of what we the arc of this. We started explaining the value of that and we're going to end just kind of shine a light on our own fusion yeah. friendship that was carved out and really deepened over the course of this project. And as you're saying that, I think like, you know, one of the things that I think kept us both sane was laughter during, mm -hmm. I'm so thankful that we structured this the way we did of, not skipping, the, I'd say the, probably the thing that maybe lowered our therapy bills, maybe not down to zero because we probably <laughs> both need to go for many reasons, but 
that was its own version of therapy, just getting to laugh and just talk about silly stuff and talk about life and talk about, because it's all intertwined, right? You can't talk about justice in a bubble. We are human beings that live whole lives and we're dealing with George Floyd one one moment, but then we got to live the rest of our day that day and the rest of our week and month that includes, there's aspects of joy and there's highs as well as lows. And I just so thankful that every episode caught, I, I don't want to say like the breadth of humanity. That, that feels like maybe be a little sure. dramatic there. But like, you know, like the hum- the full arc of the human experience of we're going to talk about being stuck in traffic at nine o'clock at night when you'd rather be in bed. And there's like a flaming barrel on the road. And then we're going to talk about this justice issue that is relevant in our culture. And that was so, that was healing and for me great, because it was like, I needed that time in order to really step in. And it just kind of reiterated, okay, I'm talking to a friend and it was a good reminder. I'm talking to a friend and and we know each other and that we know each other's stories. And that in itself was its own lesson that I learned. That part is so crucial of a building block. You can't really get to lay anything on top of, you, you can't, those conversations or, or wrestling through justice issues, if you don't have a foundation like that, there's so much, they don't go as well, right? Yeah. And they're so much more volatile when you can't fall back on, because there's not, you can't give grace for misunderstandings, right? Because there might have been something, there were times when me and you were like, we were either scratching our heads at what a guest said, or we weren't really sure what the other person said, but it was so much easier to give the benefit of the doubt to someone that you feel like you are, that sees you and sees yeah. all of you, right? And mm-hmm. you are more than just your hot take on this issue. You're Jess yeah. and, uh, and you're right. the mother of Trey yeah. and you're, you know, right. you're so much more than just what you feel about X, Y, or Z issue. So that itself has been an inspiration to me of like, man, fusion friendships, they're really important. And other people have inspired, uh, we've, we've brought on people that have been had some cool answers for what that looks like in their life, but just really thankful to count you as one of those for me, Jess. And it's been a game changer for me in this whole thing. Thank you, friend. See, you're making it harder. We should just do season four. (laughs) Well, you know, we'll get to this later, but hey, we just, we'll just go ahead and tell our listeners if they're on the sad train that, hey, we reserve the right to drop a bonus episode later. Like, hey, you know, if, if we'll give the people what they want. Like maybe they'll, I think they've done that with TV shows, right? Like, well, they'll start petitioning people and they're like, hey, we, you can, nah, we're not, you're not being canceled. You're going to come Well, Michael back. Jordan did it. How many times? Three times? He did do that. I don't, I'm not ready to say we're the Michael Jordans of podcasting. And I don't think anyone else is ready to say that, but I, I think the I was getting works. ready to say we're the greatest of all time. And I was like, <laughs> in we, our own mind. We can pick a year in Jordan's <laughs> career of what, what feels like. Or am I the wizards of podcasts? Jordan with the wizards? Uh, so. No. Maybe I'm the let's baseball just, year. Let's walk it back. I mean, the right, baseball uh, year was noble. The baseball year gave us Space Jam. So there it is. That was, and then there it is. There it is. That, and that, more importantly, gave us the Space Jam soundtrack. Which, if you're choosing between one or the other, you're choosing the soundtrack. I mean, the movie is great, but the soundtrack yeah. is better, I think. Soundtrack is pretty good. That may have been the first time we've had a Space Jam reference on this show, which, man, it's about time. Yeah, sure. we are overdue. We we're are overdue. overdue. All right, so that was the preamble. And <laughs> so now we're going to transition to, let me give the 10,000 foot. Here, here's how this is going to break down. Our listeners are probably, when they click onto the podcast or saw it pop on their feed, if they've been a, an ardent listener for a while, they're like, oh, two episodes at once. Oh no, this says the word finale in it. I'm starting to get sad. But here's how we're going to do this. We're going we're gonna to try to be true to form. We're going to do a little personal check-in time. And then mm-hmm. we're going to interview each other. So, you know, part one, 
I'm going to get the joy of asking you some questions and then you're going to ask me. We'll riff on each other and, and be able to have fun with it. But I think that this is the best way that I could think of landing this plane would be to do it with my friend and just being able to, no, no guests other than each other, share our own experience, maybe break through the fourth wall of this entire experience and talk about maybe even just how the sausage is made, like what what went into this, not even mm-hmm. how it came to be, but like the stuff that people wouldn't normally think go into this kind of experience. I think we've already kind of broken through that a little bit, talking about the emotional toll that it can sometimes take doing this. I don't. I know we probably haven't leaned into that very much online. We've definitely done a ton of it offline. So you ready, friends? Yeah. You ready to kick this off for us? I am. I am. So, okay. So personal check-in. Yeah, so we're we gonna, can't skip we're it. Gonna, we, talk, we just talked it up keep... for like 10 minutes. So okay. we can't just, we can't, we're committed now. You got to have one ready, lined up. Let's go. <laughs> we are. Okay, we are. But I think I ask you and then you ask me. Right. So... We're going to start the personal check-ins with you, friend. So, okay, it's been a couple weeks since we recorded. Obviously, this is the finale, but, you know, life is happening. Life continues. Well, I would, life goes on. Yes, happening. We have a dog at the house. We've got four kids. we got, you know, new variant. You know, your wife is just hanging on, just yeah, being a yeah. noble got, slow uh, Valentine's Day. Uh, uh, we yeah, got the Super so, Bowl. I oh, mean, yeah, that's right. So, so, tell me. So, what's your check-in? What's the highlights? There's so many, I'm sure. Wow. Yeah, they're... There are a lot. I mean, I think just kind of quickly, I mean, I, I, one of the things when I think back to my, you mentioned my personal check-ins over time is like how much my, my family was involved in those. And I know it was yours too. Like just, I feel like, I feel like every other one I was giving a kid story. And so that's family all is doing well. They're healthy. They're loving school. I'm just, I feel very blessed. The dog is, is the puppy is now a bigger puppy, still a puppy, but Still doing puppy things, chewing things he's not supposed to be chewing. Gotta love him, right? What can you do? I mean, he's on track. That's what they call There's it. no take backs. So you just kind of burn. I mean, there are. There are, but. Don't we'll drop your dog off on the side No, of no, I'm not going to do that. But, you know, I would say my biggest personal check, not to, I don't want to play spoiler to like more of how, how I'm doing other than maybe I'll talk about the Super Bowl. How about that? That came out recently. I'll talk about Super Bowl and Valentine's. So my, our audience will find this funny. My Super Bowl, it came out just the way I wanted it to. I wanted it to be close. I wanted to be close. And I felt bad for Matthew Stafford never having won. So I'm glad he got one. And although I do like Joe Burrow and I like the Bengals story. So I wanted them to come close. But they got more time, right? I mean, the, the Rams are like, they're a dying star, right? Like they, They're just literally dying stars. They're the stars and they're at the end of their careers. That works on multiple levels. I had to get a good pun in for mine. So that was fun to watch. Love the halftime show. That was really fun. Man, that took me back. I want to hear your thoughts on that if you aren't already planning to share them. Took me down memory lane, all those guys and lady. And then Valentine's Day. Here, check this out. I had, my wife knows me, gave me the all-time best Valentine's gifts. I've been asking for this for a long time is just give me a ice cream gift card. I love ice cream. I love Cold Stone ice cream. Really expensive. I don't like, I feel guilty every time I pay for it because it's like $6. Yeah. She gave me a gift card. So now guilt-free ice cream, Jess. Is there anything better in the world? I just go. No, it's she's free brilliant. and it's amazing. Yes. And you know how gift cards work. Or like mentally, it's way more, it's worth way more than the cash value, right? Mm-hmm. Like we all know mm-hmm. this is true about your go-to spot. It's way better than someone giving you cash because you have oh, to spend sure. it there. And yeah. the real gift is just having it with you and saying, I could do that today if I wanted to. I'm not going to, what? but to know that I could is the real gift. That's the, and that, that actually tastes freedom. better than the ice cream. The so, gift of ice cream freedom. I, that's what you have. Yeah, you have that's freedom. what I have now. Can you see it on my face? Do when I we finish it? recording, I can just go get a birthday cake <laughs> remix 
at Coltstown at any point today. That's the gift that just keeps on giving. So that my Valentine's was a home run. My wife is amazing. Shout out to her for giving me such an amazing gift. And I'll probably use some of that gift card to take my girls out. I have two daughters, two sons, but our tradition is Valentine's Day dates with the opposite sex kids, right? So yeah. like I'll, I'll take uh, my girls out. My, my wife will take our sons out on a little Valentine's date. I'll take my eight-year-old daughter and my five-year-old daughter out this week, and we'll probably end up at Coldstone. Nice. And that'll be great. You are selfless too. Look at that. Selfless using your yeah, gift I mean, card. I'm not, um, it'll hurt a little. So you, yeah, but based on I see on your face. But they're worth it. They're worth it. I love you, girls. If you're, you know, you ever (laughs) listen to this, twenty years later, they'll be like, "Dad, you don't have a phone, so you're not listening to the podcast yet." But whatever, if this still exists by the time you get around to it, yeah, you know, your dad loves you. That's a good check-in, friend. Yeah, I feel like it was all over the place, but you know, for our listeners, they're probably used to that by now. That's just kind of what they have probably come to expect from my personal check-ins. Just a little bit of chaos, so. A little bit of everything. Maybe, that's what's happening. Maybe you'll meet me helpful. in the chaos world or are you going to, is yours a little more buttoned up? Tell me um, what's new I with think, you. Well, so it's February, which is like the best month of the year for me because it's my birthday month. It's the shortest month of the year. So you get quick, you get like fast tracked into March, which feels like you're almost into spring. So February is the reason that everybody feels good about spring because we move you through quickly. It's like I own February. I feel like it's I like, like it. I own, I have hey, can we also talk about that? It's, it's easier to hit your grocery budget for the month because you're only True. buying for 28 days. So you feel good. That's, that's right. Likely, Gas, yeah. you know, shave those two days all off. Those, There's yeah, all, all kinds of benefits. 10% less days. Yeah. Yes, yes. Um, it is Black History Month, which I have my own sort of philosophy around. But it is that. And um, it's Valentine's and Super Bowl. I mean, listen, February you gotta, is yeah, like you gotta stop Are you? Do you go into mourning in March because of all the things that are behind you? Or are you like, oh, it's springtime and I'm happy now? Do I go into mourning? No, because it's Women's History Month. So I'm kind of okay. rocking it out in March. I'm like totally into March too, because it's all about women. <laughs> and then by then it's April and you're basically in summer. So February, you can, everyone should be grateful for the month of February because it is the, mm. it's like a um, video game when you get that, when you gobble the super coin or whatever and you get all the, and you get all like superpowers and stuff. You get I to wish, go faster. I wish we could. Work. You eat the big mushroom or whatever. <laughs> yeah. That's February is the big mushroom. That's what this is. So my birthday's coming up. I'm going to Charleston, which I cannot wait to spend a couple of days in Charleston and eat amazing food and spend time on King Street. I had a lovely, not lovely, it was amazing Valentine's Day with my new boo, right? So that's a a revelation for people. I'm sure it's not new. I've been dating him for a year. I've just never mentioned it. And so he's still around. Just leaving it all out on the table on this finale, you know? Might as well at this point. All the personal disclosures. (laughs) Just getting them out. Just like TMI, just not well. (laughs) Listen, so, but that's fun, right? So that, that was amazing to have a lovely Valentine's and he cooked and, you know, all the things, which is so sweet. And Super Bowl was, so here's the thing. I don't get regular TV. So I don't get you like, don't get it, like you don't have access or you don't understand it because that could mean either. of those. I don't have access because okay. <laughs> you, you get you get TV, right? You don't yes, I did grow up with the three networks <laughs> plus Fox when I was younger. And now TV. I, I don't really understand <laughs> As how a it podcast works. host. That would be really right. surprising. Really get it. Does it yeah. work? So I, I went online and NBC gave me 30 minutes, I think, of free Super Bowl coverage. And so I watched the first 30 minutes. It went dead. And then I watched Downton Abbey with my mom. I what, a, what a pivot. The entire game. Man. Yeah. Missed the yeah. whole game. And I have not seen Super Bowl. Uh, you haven't half-time seen the halftime show. show. 
everybody's telling me about it. So I'm going to go back and, and rewind that and check it out. But, you know, I'm a Bengals fan, sort of. I mean, oh, that's Ohio. right. I totally forgot the roots there. Yeah. 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 And I moved from Cincinnati to here. So I, my son was born in Cincinnati. So I was really rooting on the home team. But they had a good showing. They didn't embarrass themselves. They were playing with house money, kids. right? Like they didn't, they shouldn't have really, everyone was counting them out the whole time. So they had a good yeah. ride. They had a good, yeah, it was good. It's a good way to go into the next season. And unlike right? the other team, you're set up for long-term success. Yeah, they're not dying off, which is <laughs> they're right. They're not dying stars. They're <laughs> dying. Yes, is how you put it for the Rams. The Rams fans just like, oh, geez. Yeah, it's yeah. a little dark. Yeah, we went to a dark place. <laughs> well, that's what's cooking. Love this month. It's been fun. And I'm excited about the birthday trip coming up. And so we'll end it with a bang. I love good. it. I love it. All right. So are you ready to be put on the hot seat? Are you, I am. Are you, can I put you on? We'll turn the temperature up to a nice cozy temperature. Get We we, we warmed up. Now it's time for the hot seat. All right. right. So I'm so excited to walk through and process with you. I think the first, before we get into favorite guests, what's that one guest we'd always wish we had gotten to, you know, on the bucket list that either we couldn't guess what their email was because they're so famous, you know, to get them to respond to us or they just said no. No, no one said no to us. No one said no. no. We actually were never, we were never turned down. That's actually kind of cool. Look at us. Wow. Look at us. 50 for 50 or whatever the numbers. That's pretty good. Let's go back to the origin story, right? Every podcast has one, just like the movies. And there are movies. I love a good origin story. Let's talk about the day that we were in that, the day the podcast began. I want to hear from your perspective, walk us through our first conversation, your kind of what you were processing about what you thought you were saying yes to. And then maybe mm-hmm. when you realize, well, maybe if it was the same, was it different? As you think about Jess, a la 2019, fall of 2019, when I come and present this idea to you, walk me through your process of saying yes to this thing. Like why yeah. all the things? Just give me, I'm not going to, I'm not going to feed you anymore. I'm just going to stop and just have you fill in the blanks. Yeah, well, you'll you always tell the story the best, frankly, because Rob, we were at ReCity, and so the thing is that Rob and I have been working, had been at that point working, sort of around orbiting around the same right. space. We were we were peers, and we would show up to the same events, but not really log a ton of time together. Like we'd be in occasional meetings. We were in large crowds together a lot. We were in spaces together. You had great programming at ReCity, so I would attend some of that program, sometimes be involved. You'd host you know, your own on a, sometimes. On occasion, yep. yeah. And, and so, you know, I was watching your work. You were watching mine. I was leading. I was executive director of Leadership Triangle. You were executive director of ReCity. We're both sort of in similar spaces. And because of that, my role, you were on a panel. And we got a chance to like with a broadcasting company here. And we just had pretty good vibe during that time, during that sort of interview session. I can't remember what the topic was. Do you remember? I think it was, I think it was around diversity. I think that was, it was Erica James, right? That was the uh, panel. It was David, Erica. That's not the one I'm thinking of. I'm not thinking about that. I'm thinking about the one that um, James Amato did at CBC. Oh, yeah. With Gerard and right. Yep. Anyways, well, you can tell that we were, we've done this quite a bit. So we've been on panels together or I've moderated. <laughs> Which panel? And Which panel was it? Because there's 17 to choose from. Yeah. Well, and then out of the blue, one day at ReCity or whenever, wherever it was, you said, hey, I'm thinking about doing this podcast. Would you be interested in talking more about it and joining me? And I was like, sure. And I, it was just that fast. I didn't say, well, let me, I don't think I did this. I didn't say, let me just t- think about it. I'll get back to you. I think I was like, yeah, that sounds great. You kind of laid it out pretty succinctly. And I was like, 
all right. I mean, it sounds cool. Is that true? A hundred percent. I remember being shocked because I I had this whole speech built up in my head because you were, I just knew that you had a lot going on. And so I was like, I'm going to, this is going to be good. This is going to be good. Uh, I I almost feel like there was like bullet points to my pitch. And I, I think after the first sentence, I think I said the word podcast and I can't remember what else was in the first sentence. And you had already nodded your head and said, I'm in. And I'm like, yeah, let's do it. and then, then you kind of, when someone says yes, and you're not really sure, then you kind of go into like almost trying to convince them not to do it. Right. Yeah. Cause you're like, well, but wait, like you don't, let me keep going with my pitch to make sure, you know, which at that point is not necessary, but <laughs> I don't know. I can't remember whether I tried to do that, but I definitely kept the, I kept trying to explain it. And you were like, no, I don't need to hear anything else. I'm, I'm good. And I'm like, I was so surprised that you would say yes that quickly. And so I don't think I've ever had like, why did you say yes so quickly? Because you didn't have a lot of information. I, yeah, I think I really was fueled by the more recent panels that we had been on around DEI, faith-based conversations around diversity, mm-hmm. having those like more of a larger scale media conversation about nonprofit work and the intersection between justice and the business community. I think that's what it was, is how can the business sector get involved in nonprofit work? And and I had been doing, I've been sitting on a board of a fairly large nonprofit here, and they were going through some retooling and examining their philosophy around philanthropy. And so it's like this perfect storm, really. And so when you ask me about participating and then doing it with you, like being a co-host and sitting next to you and interviewing people around justice, it just felt like, oh, this could be perfect. And I quickly, I mean, it made sense right away for me because you're a white man and I'm a black woman. And Mm. I just saw it. I was like, this Mm. is bigger than just the topic. It's way more about about how we're building this and like modeling something for other people. I'm always thinking about like, well, what is, what are the optics? Mm-hmm. So I constantly think about optics. So I wrote down, why did I sign on? You were the first reason. So I have Rob number one. Two, I like the idea of putting my curiosity to good use mm-hmm. because I do ask a lot of questions. I never claim to know a thing. I, I don't, if I don't know it, I don't really know it. I'll research it. You are the consummate researcher and consummate student, Rob. And I'm kind of like flying by the seat of my pants sometimes and coming in hot on topics and reading really quick. And because of that, though, I have lots of questions because I'm yeah. like, well, I didn't get to it. You're so like, a note taker, right? I mean, pages, <laughs> all the pages of notes in real time, right? So you're doing, yes. I'm doing that lived I'm experience learning. into yeah, it. Like a student in the moment, yeah. yeah, learning and writing. And then I felt, and then the last thing was, I felt like there was a gap in the conversation, the general community conversation. And then there was really no place to talk about local issues because mm. that's kind of our bent originally was like, there was no place to talk about local issues and learn from local leaders. Mm. So this felt like, hey, you know, I like to moderate. I like to ask questions. We had a track record of working well together. And so I was like, no, let's do it. I, I think I was so, I still, I can take myself back to that day and just was like, when I, I'm being so surprised in a good way, I'm like, oh, I can't believe she said yes. This is going to be amazing because I just to affirm everything you're saying, just to watch you, we joke about panels. Like this is like explaining the floppy disk to, you know, a certain generation. Cause like we're in a, we're now three what? years removed. People don't do panels in, anymore. Right. I mean, when's the last time you attended a panel event? That was a pre-pandemic thing, right? I don't know if they'll ever come back. Who knows? But just watching you move in spaces where you just have this gift of being able to, you're such a facilitator, such a bridge builder, and you really do, like we say in our intro, so so faithfully, I'll, I'll probably be able to have that memorized as long as I live for as many times as I've heard it now and listening back to some of our episodes. But like, you're able to process 
publicly in a way that allows others into that. And then that there you're helping them process as you process, which is such a gift to people. You're giving them a gift in that time. They're doing that within the safety of their own minds, but you're doing it publicly, which is much riskier to do, but you're doing it in such an inviting way. I just remember being so excited to say, wow, if we're going to do this, you know, Jess is the perfect person to be able to team up with because of that gift that she brings to the table of just being so, you can tell you're actually listening to what people say, which is its own gift that is a dying art form, right? The conversations we've had about the art of listening and how how much that actually is important to not just wait your turn to talk. You are someone who really does listen to people. And that's been such a gift in this journey of this podcast is you just being able to lean in and then pull out follow-up questions or weave in your own experience as you are responding to what someone has shared, something a guest has shared that makes the conversation so much richer and so much more full. So I think to this day, still a little surprised you said yes, friend, but like, thank you. Thank you for saying yes, because Dan, this is, I can't imagine doing this with anybody else. And I sincerely mean that. Like I cannot, yeah. I, and you were my list of one. I don't think I had, I didn't have anybody you're else. Like, I was like, like cross Jess off and you're like, oh man, I hope she like says those, yes. It's like those people who are <laughs> casting for a movie. You're like, I wrote this with this person in mind and I yeah. didn't have, I didn't have anybody. Like th- this was the person Aww. that was meant to play this part. And I feel like you were the perfect partner uh, and counterbalance for me on, on this show. And so thank you, friend. Yeah, fun, fun. I love it. I can't wait to turn the table on this conversation. Oh, yeah. All right, we'll have to yeah, hear yeah. That, that origin story too. We'll, we'll come back around to it. We'll flush it okay. out. You, okay, just like any movie, will. you don't give the whole origin story. That's you get right, pieces of right. it, and then you'll then the whole picture will become clear in time. All right, so here, yeah. moving on. Here we go. Favorite interviews over the span of three years, right? There's a lot of people. Counted them up. We definitely surpassed 60 guests. We came, you know, almost 60 episodes, but because we had, we tag teamed them. Sometimes we even had like three people on at a time. That was a lot to handle. But of those, do you have a top five? And you don't have to have them in order, but top five that rise to the top for you of conversations of such a rich list of people that we've been honored to talk to. Who makes the list? I have a top five. And since I have the mic and you can edit it if you want, I also have a honorable mention. I have several honorable mentions. Let's just go. Let's just go. So my top five, in no particular order, but maybe they are, but maybe not. I mean, I don't know. But I reserve the Um, right to change it later. (laughs) I reserve my right to change my mind or to not offend someone. So number one for me was the case for reparations with Mm. Dr. Sandy Gardner. And I just, I mean, I'm, we can, this will take forever if I go and give explanations for each one. So give us, give us something though. Give give, give us maybe. Yeah. We got time. Yeah. You know, this is like the second service at church, right? There ain't no service coming after. So it's like, we're just going to go. Our listeners can feel free to press pause anytime. (laughs) You know, like this is a 12 hour final episode. (laughs) This is the director's cut, right? Like, come on. If they're still with us by this point, Jess, they probably want to hear why. Come on. Okay. 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 All right. So that was season two for any of you who are trying to find it just pop to season two case for reparations it's the end of season two actually and you know when i was thinking about my top five a lot of things i was thinking about like how much i just enjoyed it like enjoyed Mm -hmm. the conversation wasn't just content i was thinking about like my top five was i enjoyed the guest i learned a lot I, i left going like whoa wow I need to go do more research or something like that. It's how succinct the guest was, just clarity and topic and then knowledge, right? Just my overall sense. So there's a lot of different boxes I checked to get into my top five. And so for this particular podcast, we were, this was right after the insurrection. 
I'm pretty sure that's right. Yeah. I think this was right after the insurrection and it was just like a ball of emotion. We were like, it was so much going on. And then Dr. Sandy Doherty comes in with his like sound and, you know, succinct and anchored conversation around reparations. And I could not get enough of it. It just felt like he was handing me solutions in a time when, with, which felt very crazy. And not solutions that I felt like were right, like readily that I could put my hand on, but like it was so logical to me. And I thought, oh my gosh, people are logical. Like there's logic and there is order. Mm -hmm. And this man just provided that for me in 45 minutes. So, you know, and he gave great, a great example of like, anyways, he walks through the theory of reparations. And I just think for anybody who has questions about it, I think we, it's mysterious. I think that needs to be demystified. And he did a masterful job on our podcast of bringing it into focus and providing you an opportunity to reconsider your position on reparations. Mm -hmm. Loved it. The second one was philanthropy exists because justice does not. I'm pretty sure that's probably on yours with Dorian Burton. Oh man. So good. (laughs) So good. I mean, wow. Yeah. I remember you and I, after that, I remember us just kind of almost staying online after he logged off and just a little bit like, did that just happen? That was amazing. Yeah. And Dorian is like, an authority. Yeah. So, and he wrote From Charity to Justice, this concept out of Stanford. It just a really, and co- co-authored it. Yeah. And just his perspective and the way that he's able to deliver this idea that philanthropy is, is in most ways broken. It needs to be overhauled. And the way that it oppresses and pushes on community around this power, the power positions of philanthropy, really for the first time, I think, this so early, it was in season one, was a great way to end. I think we ended season one with that one. And it was just a really nice package, I think, for our listeners around justice. Like why justice, if it's not right-sized, if you don't have clear picture, if you don't have a full understanding of why you would bother with this, Dorian reminds you why. Mm-hmm. Like he helps you to see that when it gets out of whack and it's skewed, the harm that's done to community around that and that it can be fixed. Mm-hmm. And then just a shift from charity mindset to a justice asset based mindset could change everything. And so just really loved it. And he's amazing. My third was. Can we just point out that you went from a Duke person to a UNC, to a UNC person. person? So I, I like, and you know, there's something. I did, I did. There, I don't know. Maybe, maybe there's something there. I don't know. Now I'm getting ready to go to a North Carolina AT person no um, with my third podcast, which was Race and Nonprofit Leadership. Listen, I love Harvey Hinton. So I didn't know this man. I did not know. I'd never met him. I'd never heard him talk. I was just enamored. I thought, and I, you know, I re-listened to his podcast recently as I'm getting ready to moderate something. I don't even know if he knows this in a couple of weeks that he's going to be doing. And I was just like, man, this guy right here. And he left us with a thing that I kept bringing up. Do you remember? Ask why five times. And we use that thread in different podcasts after that because he, and he asked provocative questions, y'all. If you want to, if you want to hear somebody talk about race and power, but particularly race, he uses words like, hold on, I got my notes everywhere. He says, it's the dirty, ugly truth of racism. It's a nasty conversation. Like it was the first time I heard those like very toxic words, raw raw words, yeah, attached to conversation. It wasn't delicate and over-intellectualized. He was just like getting into it. And I love that. So I really enjoyed that conversation with him. I left feeling inspired. I also left feeling like I wanted to learn how to message 
how I feel about race in similar ways, just a very direct conversation. So, and ask why five times. Amazing. That was season two. Now to season three, sticking and staying with Royce. So I like this one because, so season three, Sticking and Staying with Royce Haithcock. The reason I really enjoyed this is because I left feeling, wow, this is the first conversation that we've had with somebody, maybe outside of Dr. Doherty, where somebody's been in this work for decades and decided to stay. Mm -hmm. Most people do the work. They learn a little something. They move on to a bigger pond. They learn some more. They move on to a bigger pond. They write white papers. They write a book. They retire. And this guy is like, no, I told the community that I'm serving that I was here, that I wasn't leaving, that I got your back. Mm. And he just does. And I just was marveled. I marveled. Mm. I marveled the way he, the language that he used, how he engages with his community and his neighbors, and that he honors and values resilience and stickability within a community that you have to be in it for the long game. That's when you see results. And that, that and you can also see over time, your neighborhood and your community evolve. Like you can watch change happen. Cause we're always like, I wonder if we're make, moving the needle, mm. right? Royce could say he can see the needle move. I'm making that assumption, but that's my hope. Last but not least, season two, controversial reality of voter suppression. I left that one, like I've overwhelmed with information and data. I didn't, I had so many notes on that one. It's not that it was an unfamiliar topic. I was actually fairly familiar with it. But he, again, similar to Harvey, extremely masterful in the way that he delivers that podcast on voter suppression and very passionate and no bones about it, does not care if he's hurting feelings. He is down to the point and urgent mm. about about the necessity to get this right and to sort of shine a light on the injustices around voter suppression. So I love that. That was season two. So those are my top five. Are those surprising? No, they're not at all. I mean, I I think it just, it speaks to the, again, I think the word breadth is one maybe I continue to use in this conversation, but the breadth of what we've covered in this project Mm -hmm. that when you're saying, especially that last one around voter suppression, like when, as you were sharing, I was like, oh yeah. And I remember, I remember being the thick of like, the election, just oh, yeah. craziness, right? That everyone, this is before the insurrection and just how much that was, we were all glued. That Everyone was like really tuned in to what was happening. And yet what's been true of that issue is that's not an issue that was created in 2020 or any election in our lifetime. That is an issue that of justice that goes back forever in, in our country as injustice continues to evolve, a lot of evolve in politics. And it just feels like it's a case in point reparations. The the themes that you chose to highlight in yours, it makes it realize like you and I, we always plan to talk about these issues. We just didn't realize that how much, how culturally relevant they would be when they actually came out and that we were able to tie them to examples in the in real time. Like yeah. I, I honestly felt like I was, I don't know if you felt this way, Jess, but like I kind of felt like when we were started this podcast, it was going to be, okay. We know there's a lot of different things that people don't really know about, aren't talking about, maybe don't care about because they don't have, it doesn't affect their reality. And we're going to try to highlight some of this stuff and put it on their radars. Come to find out, once we actually start turning the microphones on, all this, all, so many of these things start to rise to the surface and we had already planned to tackle them and we were able to like talk about how it shows up in history. But then also here and now you're seeing exhibit A, B, C, and D today 
You know, you don't even have to be a historian to be able to see examples for them. That was not something that we had planned, right? Like that wasn't on the original whiteboard of like, hey, because you could have never predicted all the things that would have unfolded. No. And I mean, and I bet this is on your list. It's on my honorable mention. It almost made my top five. And I just, I thought for diversity's sake, just the, I put in, I just had some trouble moving them around, but this was a definitely a top fiver was when racial injustice hits close to home, but basically Wilmington on fire because we laid that one down and it landed like two weeks before January 6th. And we talked about this. I think it was with, I think it was with Dr. Doherty. We were, we said, this is right. They were were paired together. Yeah. Intentionally. We we set it up and we were like, holy smokes. We walked into that podcast. Like I remember texting you. You're in the headlight. We were just in, utter disbelief in the headlights yeah we could not believe and we were like we just talked about this we just talked about this and it is happening on our tvs what is going on because we were like you know when we were initially through that idea we're like you know people need to know our history this is north carolina this is a local based podcast you know yeah we know this happened eight in 1898 right so this is going to be us kind of bringing up a word that most people aren't really used to, I mean, insurrection, right? Like, yeah, we're going to talk about, there was some crazy stuff that happened a long time ago. Come to find out, like, nah, that actually isn't that in that much of our distant past. It's actually in our present, yeah, in real time. Like, man, what a, that's probably the perfect, of all of the examples, that one's the best one, right? Of best one. bringing the a, past into the present. Weeks. Yeah, crazy. Well, Being a bridge for that is nuts. Unbelievable. Still gets me today just how amazingly that, how amazingly timed that was. I'm going to rip through these really quick. My oh, yeah, honorable more. Mentions. Give us more honorable mentions. Who, who else is yeah. on the list? And I won't go, I these I will not go deep in because I think our, our listeners can just go back and check them out. But And the other reason I wanted to do honorable mentions, because if you notice, for my ladies, all my top five were men, were male guests. And I had a list of 10 and I ordered them honestly so that I could be honest with myself based on topic and how I felt and all the things I said. But I had all these women. I was like, I'm going to talk about my ladies. So um, stop expelling preschoolers. Mm. 50,000 preschoolers a year are getting expelled, mostly black boys. And we can only just imagine if you have a small child that gets expelled in preschool. That's Mm. all I got to say. Stop it. We need equity in education. Number two, reimagining our criminal justice system. Brittany Barnett, she, we, we interviewed her and she blew up, was in the middle of Times mm-hmm. Square with her book. She's the New York Times bestselling author now. We got her right when her book dropped. Incredible story. She was a great storyteller. Yeah. Katie Rose, when tr- what trees tell us about racism? How fun was that? I mean, just not fun, but like, you know, it was so different. It was such different content. And I enjoyed that that conversation so much. She just, she knew her stuff and she came she ready. Stuff. I love it when you had a guest that just was ready to roll. That made yeah. it our job easy because we just we didn't have to set it up with that good of a question, no. and they were just going to knock it out of the park. No, and I don't know that this actually made the podcast. I don't think it did. But before when we were you know greeting her before we hit record, she's like, "I've never done a podcast before. I'm not really sure, you know, if, if I'm you know met your standards or whatever." Like, girl, it's amazing. Your um, standards, yeah, yeah. so good, yeah. And then I already mentioned Wilmington on fire. And then last but not, certainly not least, I mean, seriously, they were all so good. Here goes my train again, going by. Trauma and injustice. I loved the perspective on this that I think often gets overlooked, that trauma that we all face, but that the trauma, generational trauma and the impact on generational trauma and injustice was a really interesting correlation. Never considered it before. So Again, just opened my eyes and 
was delightful. She was delightful, but the topic was really fascinating. So those were my top five plus five. I love it. Oh, look at you. You, Of course, you went above and beyond and had a top 10. But honestly, it was, five is hard is a hard thing to narrow down because we were incredibly picky with who made it onto the podcast in general, right? This wasn't just like, we didn't have, we never had a throwaway guest in three seasons, Jess, right? There was never filler. Every conversation mattered. And so it's a little, little unfair, a little unjust to ask Thank us you. to whittle down five. But that's not to say anything negative about anybody else because it was such a joy for all of the guests. But yeah, some of those conversations just rise to the top based on what we were bringing to the table in that moment or just kind of how much they're staying with us, right? And yeah, it's very personal. It's very yeah. personal. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, all of our guests were incredible. All right, so you mentioned fun earlier. Let's talk bucket list interviews for a second. We've talked about our top five slash 10, right? Which there's no judgment here because I cheated too. And we'll get to that in a minute. Who are the people that if you had a dream scenario, dream guests that you either thought about at some point in our history that we, that you said, man, it'd be amazing. We got this person. And, and when I sent you this, I didn't put any qualifiers on it. So I don't, I have no idea how you're going to answer this, but I'm, I can't wait. Who's on your list of, and these, you know, if they ever did respond, they would, we would immediately record this and drop them as bonus episodes because we'd be so excited oh, yeah. to actually oh, yeah. okay. have this happen. Who's on that list? Okay. Of the, I have four, or you gave me three, but one's kind of, well, anyways, I have four and three of the four if they said yes, we would drop everything and record them mm, right away. In mm. my opinion, I'd be like, to today, Rob, what are you doing? We'll find you childcare. Let's go. But the first one, which is not necessarily that, is I would interview my son because mm. he's basically been by proxy part of this podcast. Everybody has been like, like hearing him go through the go through his. He like graduated on podcast. Yeah. He graduated, went through a gap year with y'all, went to college. Like, there's a lot there, and I would love to do a college panel. I'd love to. So I say that with Trey, but my point there is that it would be really fascinating to get their perspective on these topics. And we hadn't really interviewed anybody young and like, how do they see it and how they view it? Maggie might've been the youngest. I mean, I don't know, Katie, there's several, but we had young people, but not college students. And that's an interesting take. And I would love to hear how college students are thinking about these things. Yeah. How cool would that be? Because we started with his TikTok fame, right? And that was like one of the first personal check-ins was him and your mom becoming stars. That's right. TikTok, right? Tick, uh, viral. They went viral on TikTok. <laughs> I would love to just be able to actually turn that into a conversation and be like, hey, did you listen to that? What were, just kind of give us your thoughts on... Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't yeah. ask your permission to share a lot of these stories. Are you okay? Or... How do you feel? He's like, I'm used to it. It's been going on for oh, I'm going to send him a Cold Stone <laughs> gift card to make it right, Jess. That's, that's what I'm going to do. Right. Uh, so Trey would be one, a college panel. I think would be really cool. Adrian Mari Brown, who focuses on emergent strategy. She has a mm. couple podcasts out. She's a big deal right now. And I just kind of got hip to everybody's like, yeah, just been around long years. But I'm just starting to follow her and listen to her work. And I, her, the way she views community is exactly how we think about this. I mean, she is the Just podcast. And so having her listen to some of our podcasts and then come in and react to it, mm. sort of a reaction video, if you will, a reaction podcast would be really, I think, cool. I'd love to hear how she views our work, frankly. That would mm. be a risk, be very vulnerable, but I think it'd be it'd be great to get her take. And then I said Barack and Michelle Obama together. Mm. I just think they're a great duo and not so much a full flash in the past, but I really would love to hear about where they think we're headed, almost a futurist perspective. You know, where are we going? What are you worried about? 
What do you lose in sleepover? Where do you find hope as a couple personally and also just for our world? I just think their worldview is you know, obviously I'm a big fan. And then after the whole thing at UNC Chapel Hill, and yes, I am naming you UNC Chapel Hill. Mm. God bless you. I would love to have Nicole Hannah Jones on and just yeah. talk about the, 16, the 1619 project, but also her experience at just UNC. Whole process. Yeah. yeah, what happened. yeah. yeah. Mm. So those are mine. Wow. Those are good. Thanks. Yeah. If you ever text me and say, hey, the Obamas want to hang out, of I mean, course I'm going to find childcare for that. I mean, you think? That would be, I mean we make that happen, yeah, right? We yeah. make that work. <laughs> we could, Got we them could both. Be, Got them both, Rob. They're both they're ready. They're both just on <laughs> Zoom waiting <laughs> for you right now. Will you just get your childcare together? Come on. Oh, man. I tell you what. I'll tell you what. <laughs> Those are good. Oh, man. You got such. I love the thoughtfulness in you. you Man, some of these are, I'm already like, we got to. Maybe we do a season four. That's right. (laughs) Of all of them, I think we, if we can't land your son, something is wrong, right? Like, we, 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 we could, Trey is a lock if we ever need him to be. Better be. I would hope out of of love for for his mom, right? So, Um, as you think about shifting from guests to lessons learned, right? So, as you think about your own personal journey doing this, hosting a podcast about justice for the last, three years and it being the three years that they were, and you've already rattled some of these things off, right? Pandemic, election, George Floyd, before that, Ahmaud Arbery, right? Um, yeah. and, and the list continues to go on. We named so many of them in 2020. It was beyond tragic. And then insurrection of said election, like what for you have been, as you, th- and you, as you reflect on the body of work on the whole, what are the lessons that you feel like, hey, I'm a, I've changed in these ways or these are my main takeaways that I'm I'm different now in, in this way because of being a part of, of this journey and these conversations. Yeah, I have a list, but I, I think the big overarching idea is that I'm reminded the podcast and being a co-host with you and having these incredible guests and these varying topics reminds me that I can have a original idea and change it based on additional information. It also reminds mm. me that I carry a quite a bit of bias. So these are lessons. Mm. That, I mean, these are lessons, right? This isn't like, here's all the five great things about. No, the lessons for me were that I carried a lot of bias into these conversations based on my lived experience, based on, you know, how I was raised, what, you know, what I knew to be true, my friends and our conversations. And so that was w- one of the unique positions I had in this seat was that I wasn't afraid to just be the girl who does only knows what she knows and not trying to be represent a whole community. Mm. I'm biracial. There's a lot of, there's a lot of complexity to the way I look at the world. And the bias, I think was the one thing that for me, and I think that's why those first five really impacted me because I was shifted quickly in a 45 minutes because I learned new information because there was, there was a compelling argument I hadn't considered. And so, because I have such deep curiosity the ability to know that I can shift my thinking Mm. and that I need to learn and constantly research. And, you know, I think there's lessons in one, keeping an open mind, researching and asking questions. Mm. And that's all we did with this podcast. So taking that and applying that formula into all my conversations moving forward with my son, like just with my relationship, just keeping an open mind, researching, getting information and asking questions. I think you cannot go wrong. So that's the major lesson. Also, again, right after January 6th, going into that reparations, you can tell I listened to it again. Mm -hmm. I said something in my check-in about being anchored. I said something about now the world is shaky 
the boat is shaking, the world is shaking, our government shaky. I get it. Like everything feels like we're on unsolid ground, but somehow I feel anchored and I feel a responsibility to be anchored for the people that are counting on me. And I'm not suggesting that we always have to be anchored, but I also think that as a, as we get older and we mature, we can't always default to like the world's falling around as chicken little all the time. Mm. Like you have to have a flag in the ground about some things. And regardless if the world is falling around you, you can stay s- stable. You know, you, you have, you have a grounding rod or whatever. Mm. And I was hearing myself say that. And I was like, that for me is also a lesson is to like, go back to center, go back to center find your center, right? Keep learning, but you have to have core values. You have to have anchoring. So yeah. And I've mentioned some of the other things, ask why five times, you know, philanthropy is broken, needs to be reformed. And the list goes on. But mm. personally, those are the two things, being able to learn, shift bias and have anchor. Those are big. I mean, those are, those are, those are some good takeaways too. Cause if you're going to, I mean, I feel like you modeled that for our listeners in a way that again, I think hopefully inspired them to, to do the same thing. Right. But which which is part of the undercurrent of why I think this kind of these kind of conversations were so needed, right? Like you mentioned before, this was filling a space that, that there was a gap that we that this could fill, which is why you were so eager to do this. And I think that you were perceiving something that, man, if there ha- there wasn't as much evidence when we first started that there is now of how bad we are culturally at entering conversations with our minds already made up and refusing. Right to give ground, refusing to be curious, like you said, refusing to admit when we don't, when we change our mind. There's humility that's required for a lot of this. It's just the humility to say, you know what? I don't know, or you're right. And I'm, I'm wrong there. Like, and tell me more. And just that if I could gift an attribute to our listeners, it would be what you just said. It was your one of your main lessons learned because I I feel, and I think that is going to be true. If people have gone on this journey, you know, more is caught than taught. So I I think that applies to like, yeah, we had some amazing listeners. I mean, amazing guests. So many, we couldn't even honor a top five, right? Because it just poured, the the list pours over into other people. But again, I would say that you modeling that attribute for people was also something that hopefully as they're being taught by our guests, they're catching that from you, which is this posture of, oh, you know, I think of the conversation with David Spickard, which which we hadn't talked about yet, right? Like that yeah. first time, right? Tom Hanks of the Just Podcast, where yeah. <laughs> you modeled that in spades in that conversation, because I, I could tell we, we got to the end of what we thought was the end of that first conversation. And you were like, uh, I'm not, I have more thoughts or I have more questions. I'm just there. But most people just, and this is again, kind of breaking through that fourth wall, like, I think we told that story in part two yeah. a little bit when we brought him back on. But for those who haven't listened to part two of, of David Spickard recently, that was late 2021, we brought him on to talk about justice. And he's hitting some nuanced topics of like quoting Bible verses where if the righteous prosper, the city rejoices. So he's helping people build wealth, maybe that already have it. So that uh, in the whole city, and you're like, I, man, when I picture, we must be, we got different mental images on that, right? I'm having a hard time. I'm having a hard time getting on board with the image you're painting. And I think right there, most people, in my experience, they may think a thought that says, I disagree with you, but they nod and they're like, we're going to move on. And they don't, or they either pull back and kind of have their own, I'm going to judge this person by like going and talking about them behind their back. Like, can you believe what this crazy white dude just said in this conversation? Like, uh, and and go tell have a safe conversation with somebody 
that are, is already like-minded or they go the other extreme and they're just like, I'm going to stop listening and I'm just going to start preaching. Usually that's done on social media often. Sometimes it's done in person, more often these days on social media. But you you resisted the urge to do both of those because we actually don't grow and we don't heal and we don't move forward and progress in relationships, in communities, as a country, right? If we don't do what you did in that example, which is I'm going to lean in. And even though I've got a, I'm having trouble here. And I think this is maybe even troubling a little bit to me, what you're saying. I'm going to lean in in grace and humility to just continue to ask questions to see if we can reach some type of consensus. And that took a risk. And we ultimately in that conversation did do that, but only because you chose to press forward by bringing him back on. And then we, I think we remember, didn't we weave those into one podcast? I think, I don't think it was part two. We actually had to like go and record oh, yeah, we a did. separate we, a second, like recording an <laughs> that we then merged into the same interview. Yeah. But that, that led to a more complete conversation. And that was all you. That episode wouldn't have nearly been as powerful if you didn't sign on to keep pushing through the confusion on your end and a little bit of like the, uh, I'm not there, but, and I'm so thankful. And, and that wasn't the only time you modeled that, but that was the most obvious because we literally had to go and say, Hey, David, will you come back and, and record some more for us? So, yeah. yeah, that was good. And again, just a testimony to this sort of the format of this podcast and having trust between us to yep. be able to do a thing, right? Having pure motives. We, we didn't talk about this. You will. And when I get a chance to interview, I'm sure where we laid out our core values about what's this podcast about. Yeah. And, and also I think not canceling people, I think yeah. just generally, yeah. right. Just generally. Same way to say it. <laughs> yeah. We knew David and we knew his yeah. heart had really pure, thoughtful, loving intention. It just wasn't hitting right. Mm-hmm. And I was like, we have listeners that we're responsible for. And if I'm not hearing it the way he means it, then we will, we are not doing our job if we leave it this way, because if there are listeners who, who are like me, mostly black listeners, potentially mm. who are like me, who, who are thinking of, or any listener actually, cause we had several listeners who were white men mm. who's too, who said that that podcast really was helpful to them because they had similar, I guess, images or questions. And so we were able to take it all the way to the end. I don't know how graceful it was, but we got there and on my part, but we got there. And uh, again, I think a format like this allows us to be able to have those kinds of conversations where, you know, you don't often see it. Yeah. All right, so we're landing the plane yeah. on this interview. As, I feel like that's we got to we got to work that metaphor in because I feel like that was your go to when we were landing <laughs> in, the plane, ending an interview. All right, we're landing the plane here. We're coming down from ten thousand feet. Right? That's right. We're thirty to ten. There it is. Go. These are things that are I think forever embedded into my my conversations <laughs> now. These mannerisms, these these go tos. What advice? I'm not going to limit you to just one thing, right? Because honestly, our guests never really paid attention to that rule either, right? They always had more than I one. Know. And hey, we were thankful because of it. But we tried. <laughs> we tried to pin we them. Try. We, we tried, tried to, to box them into one. And they, hey, we're, we're too nice. We're too nice. What advice, seriously, though, do you have for our listeners as you now process and kind of walk us through your lessons and you think about like what you would want for our listeners as takeaways? Like what would you have hoped would have risen to the top for them as you process kind of what rose to the top for you. And maybe even just in the form of some advice, like if you were just going to, you got the mic right one last time, just to speak directly to our audience and like talk about what you would hope for them or what advice you would give them moving forward as they've been on this journey with us. 
and you're kind of setting, you're, you're sending them off. What are you, what are you saying to them? Well, this, this one is kind of, I've got two things. The first one is actually pretty funny and it is listen to black women. Oh, <laughs> there we go. There we go. <laughs> Cecilia Polanco shout out, Here's shut up and listen oh, to man. a black woman. Listen to a black woman. It was just episode, so season one, episode three. That's exactly we came right. out so the gate hot, right? I mean, that was not very late. No, it was so good. So there's that. Uh, I'm not going to say any more about that. Go back to season one. Just go and listen to that conversation. Yeah. And then two, just very simply be present and listen. I think we and have some critical thinking. But I just, you know, the podcast is a is a platform for listening. And so if you've gone through three seasons with us, you have practice in that. You've practiced in sitting and listening. You couldn't say a thing, you couldn't argue a thing, you couldn't you just had to listen and argue in your mind. Nobody was going to sit there and argue back with you. You're just taking it in. And so you have developed a muscle through the Just Podcast to be strong listeners. And that is, I think, an unintended gift of this podcast because now you can take that into conversations and sit with people and listen to their perspective. And when it's your turn... You can provide your perspective as well and have a moment that could potentially be magical. It could be life-changing. Mm. It could shift your perspective in new ways. It could develop a new relationship. But I hope that I hope that you realize, I'm talking to our listeners, yeah. that just by nature of following us and getting into these conversations, you were forced to be quiet mm. and listen. I say that even through me, like just we had to sit and listen, take notes, think about good questions to follow up with just the practice of that we've gotten out of. And I hope that you'll see that you have that now. I'm not saying you have to get it. I'm saying if you followed us for three seasons, you already have it. So congratulations. You now have a new skill and a new muscle is formed. And so go forth and model that for other people. Take that into conversations. Be confident in your conversations that you have the ability to sit and listen and process with people. Be critical in your thinking, but be gracious in the conversation. And that's my advice. Mm, I love that. I love that. You are forced to listen. How rare is it in life around these type of topics where that actually is the case where you just, but it is a muscle. Like you're saying, it's a muscle that, we developed and yep. what a gift to work those muscles and feel like you they're more active now because they were put to use and and our listeners in a different way yeah that's yeah. i feel that one that one hits me that one it hits me in a, in a really real way that's awesome good good yeah it's fun it's fun to think that we all together went through that process and whether we realize it or put a name to it or not that's something that has happened yeah it's good it's a good thing it makes me think about what platform do i need to go and pursue to continue to work that muscle of listening, right? And, and maybe it's not a platform. Maybe it's in in behind the curtain, but where wherever you're in a place where you can continue to practice and work the muscle of active listening and to seek understanding. Yeah, that's good. All right, so we can't let you go and get off the hot seat before we talk about what's next for you. Because I know we peppered in like personal updates as far as like what you got going on vocationally, passion projects, and those have evolved a lot over time, right? I mean, we for both of us, we've been on a journey where like that there's been a lot of a lot of changes in both of our worlds since we started this journey. Yeah. I'll tell my mind later, but for you, just kind of tell our listeners as you come to the end of this chapter, what is next for you in this next season? Moving forward, yeah. post just. Yeah. 
Thank you. I forgot that question. Honestly, I have them all listed out. That's the one I didn't write down, but I actually happened. I don't need to write what my next is. I know it. So I forgot we were doing this. But yeah, so you're right. I mean, so much has changed, right? During the podcast, I dropped a book, a dating book all about dating and now I'm dating like just so like the evolution is your boyfriend allowed to read that book by the way I was just he's curious. read it I okay, think he's yes. read it. Right, he told right. me read it but we don't talk about it so I don't actually know but you haven't quizzed him yet I haven't quizzed him I don't want to yeah. I'm not actually that interested that shows in trust book. yeah well and just you know it's yeah. trust yeah. he's good yeah can you imagine dating somebody who just drops a dating book I'd be a little intimidated I would be a little I'd be a little intimidated it's a little bit much but he's like playing horse with like a WNBA player, you're, you're like, you know, you're dating if the inverse. I'm trying to imagine a situation like, oh, yeah. I'm, I don't want to play her in horse. She's yeah. he's gonna kill me. She's a professional. Oh man, so so that happened, which is great, and and that's been fun. So the next is just continuing to promote that book. It's called Oh Lords. Again, a book on dating, who you date, why you date them, and the lessons that we learned along the way. I co-authored that with my dear friend Teresa Zimmerman. Also, just finished a workbook around a new program that I'm launching: 28 Day Reinvent invention road trip. And so it's a 70 some page workbook that women work through full color, super fun. And we go through 28 days together as a cohort. We meet weekly and then we do daily work and really taking women through transitional stages. So if it's professional or personal transition, divorce, just getting married, having a baby, wanting to get a promotion, leaving your job to start something in entrepreneurship, going into the second mountain if you're a little bit older and and taking on that next career after you've retired. Their transition happens throughout our life. We reinvent ourselves over and over again, whether we want to or not. What this program does is help you be in the driver's seat, helps you frame it and understand your greatest strengths, areas of improvement, right? The core values that I believe so much in and help you get to that growing edge where you can take the leap with confidence instead of being scared or bringing in past patterns and the lies that we tell ourselves. Like instead of bringing all that mess into your next chapter, we expose it, we talk about it, we reframe it and get you set up for success. So that's the big work that I'm doing this year, trying to settle in on that and then maybe spin that program into a college version and of course, version. So we're busy at the office for sure doing all of that good stuff. Doing a lot of public speaking too and corporate work as a consultant. So having a great time, enjoying it all. Continuing to work the muscle of, of active listening, right? That's not going to grow dormant as you hang up the microphone. You're, you got plenty of opportunities. Constant. Yeah. Constant growth and change. I mean, I think mm. that's, you know, you don't know if you're in the entrepreneurship business, you get you figure out really quickly if you can sink or swim because mm. it is not easy. It's a lot of there's a lot of risk involved. There's a lot of unknowns. You know, you write the next chapter, so you better be good at writing and visioning and strategizing or you will need a lifeboat pretty fast. And so you talk about working new muscles. I have an entrepreneurial background, but fourth generation frankly of entrepreneurs. So I have it in me. I've watched it my whole life. But it's one thing to watch and observe. It's another thing to do it, to yeah. be it, to be yeah. in the water, to be in the water and have other people in the boat with you that are counting on you to captain. The- so, yeah. well, I'm just I'm is- thankful. I mean, the the idea of reinvention, that was another thing. Like we talk about the podcast starting at a time where we're like, we're, we think it's going to be like this, but then culture shifts and almost like l- the stars align right? For this moment where like, we're going to be able to have 60 interviews about justice at a time of national reckoning. 
around injustice. I'm like, all right, all right, Lord, thanks for hooking it up. Like, I feel like the same thing as far as, man, there's a whole lot of people when you open the newspaper, which is, you know, there are any other grandpas like me that read the newspaper still. <laughs> do they do that anymore? I, do, yeah. I, I get the newspaper delivered to my house right. and I love right. it. I love it. You, that doesn't surprise you though. Not at uh, all. But like reinvention, who would have thought that like the cultural tides would have shifted where like so many people are reexamining what is my vocation? What's my, what am I put on this earth to do? What's, what am I passionate about? It's not this job or they're forced into it. Like you mentioned, like I've got to look at it because I, I have to, we got to figure out how to take care of our kids or how to, how to do school with them. And so they've, there's just been this huge shift and which obviously everyone knows I'm not breaking any news, but I'm just really grateful to say all that, to say that you are helping navigate and kind of walk alongside people that are asking those questions so that they don't have to ask them alone. And, you know, if any of our listeners are, are in that boat and they do feel like they're paddling alone, hey, reach out to my friend Jess Everhart because, hey, she, she's got paddles and she can join and she can help you steer that boat I'm in the right direction. In the passenger seat. That's, that's what I say. I'm right there in the passenger seat. It really is an honor. And, and I'm glad you said that. And I will not belabor that point. But it mm. really is an honor for me to meet these women because it's very personal for me. I have gone through my own yep. reinvention story, my own personal journey marriage, divorce, all the things, all the things. And I understand it. And I empathize deeply with women who are in that critical moment. And I want them to succeed. And if there's ways that I can support and help make that experience less friction filled and more joyful and more exciting and with lots of life giving space, that is like truly what I'm here to do. Mm. So I love great. it. I love it. Well, we're going to let you off the hot seat now. Any final words for our guests? I mean, this isn't the final, your final, final words. Right, right. Because y'all are going to hear coming. me flip so this to Rob in a minute. Um, are we going to do thank yous or are we going to do it together? Well, we can. What do you want to do? Let's do it now? together. Let's, yeah, let's no, do it together later. Right. Well, let's we'll do our thank yous Save together. your thank yous for part two. But any other okay, closing yeah. closing thoughts as we end so. part one? No, as you all don't know this, but you're about to find out. Rob does all of our questions. He writes them all. He sends them to me. I just like read them and react to them, get prepared. So he helps me prep. And so once again, Rob has created a perfect pathway on this interview where there was nothing else to say. I gave you lessons. I gave you advice. I shared my thoughts. That was awesome. like, there's nothing this is, left. To this is going to make itself into my top five that <laughs> we're going to answer in like five minutes. This is amazing. This is so this is a great episode. Yeah. So anyways, I don't have anything else because you set me up perfectly. As always, a perfect alley-oop friend. Well, it takes skill to slam dunk it, which is a lot harder than it looks. So you did it. And it was a joy, man. I know our listeners, we're, this is, I wish I went first because this is going to be hard act to follow, but I'll try my best. Come on, you got this. Cue the mid episode music producer, Ben. 